You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Today is not going to be one of those podcasts where we put a day on it or a specific entry on it or something like that because it's going to be one of those special ones that we do. I thought of this last night as we were finishing off what we were discussing and I said, you know what? Now is a great time because we haven't done it before. Now is a great time to go through and talk about the 45 communist goals for America that were read into the congressional record on January 10th of 1963. Given the circumstances of where we are in the United States, what we're dealing with, who we're dealing with, maybe this will shed some light on the fact as to why we're dealing with that. Why was this read into the congressional record in 1963? Well, it was pretty simple. The reason that it was read into the record is because they wanted it to be on the record, in writing, in the United States government, so people could go back and look at it to see that the warning signs were there. This is what they wanted people to look out for. This is why it was put into the congressional record. For future generations, such as ourselves, to look at it and recognize exactly what is happening. This is going to take a little bit. We're probably going to run over today, but you know what? I don't care. This is one that is worth the extra time that we're going to spend on it. We're going to talk about each one of these things in detail if we can, because we can make reference in comparison to what's going on now and what was stated back then. Just the same. The tactics are the same. The game is the same. The players and the playing field have changed, but the tactics are the same. Marxists follow their lines through and through throughout history. They're following the same game plan now as they did 100 years ago. Nothing has changed. In January 10th of 1963, Congressman Albert S. Herlong Jr. from Florida read the list of 45 communist goals for America into the congressional record. The purpose of him reading this was to gain insight into the, well, what they would consider to be the liberal elite, but they're not really liberal. And back then, they were not liberal either. They took over the term. I guess we can start there. Liberals are not really liberals. When they talk about liberal, and I'm talking about America, liberals still in parts of Europe mean liberal. It sticks to its true term. Liberal actually means more freedom and less government. It doesn't mean centralized control. Vladimir Lenin used to refer to liberals as liberal blockheads. Why did he refer to them as liberal blockheads? Because they wouldn't move on anything. They were solid in their belief systems of limited governments and freedom and free market. Do you want the, uh, the definition? As dictionary.com says. Go ahead. They've probably changed it, but yeah, go ahead. Well, the the first one is changed, the number one. But number two is accurate. Uh, Relating to or denoting a political or um, social philosophy that promotes individual rights, civil liberties, democracy, and free enterprise. Uh Uh-huh. So that's that's the classic way. Yeah. That's the real Mm -hmm. liberal. So a classic tactic of Marxist-Leninist movements over the years was very simple. If they won't move, if they won't budge, if they're going to stay liberal blockheads, well, then we have to take over the term liberal. And that's what they did. That's why we refer to these uh, these loony uh, loony lefties out there in the uh, out there in the streets as liberals because they took over the term. Well, and to your point about it, that the definitions probably changed. Let me give you the first definition 
I'll, I'll use, I'll, I'll give you the noun version of what we just read because the one I read was adjective. A supporter of a political and uh, social philosophy that promotes individual rights, civil liberties, democracy, and uh, enterprise. Okay, the first definition, which is what we use today now, a supporter of policies that are socially progressive and promote social welfare. So uh, explain to me how you can have one word that means one thing, and now they've completely changed that definition to mean the exact opposite. Well, they're doing it with everything else now, aren't they? Everything involving the pandemic and, and all the stuff we've seen in, in modern times, now they're just doing it in real time. Yeah, you're, you're healthy? Well, sorry, you're not vaccinated. You have to lock down. And yeah. That's the reverse of what we've done in the past. You lock down the sick, not right. the healthy. Well, um, you're fully vaccinated. Oh, you don't have a booster? Well, then you're not fully vaccinated. They'll change it again. It's what they do. Uh, okay, so anyway, the purpose of him... Uh, Reading this into the congressional record was to gain the insight of the uh, the well the liberal elite the the, the Marxist elite basically because that that's what they are that's what they are they're the inner parties of Marxist movements they're not communists they never were they never try to be the uh, the better Marxist you know it, it, with, with their fellow comrade it's never that way it's never that way but they wanted to gain insight into the elite ideas and strategies for America that sound pretty similar to what's going on right now. The list is attributed to Cleon Skousen, a researcher and author of The Naked Communist. Fantastic book. I would highly recommend anybody go and pick that up. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. Again, The Naked Communist by Cleon Skousen. Uh, also, Masters of Deceit uh, by J. Edgar Hoover uh, is a great book. Now, regardless of what your uh, of what your stance is on J. Edgar Hoover and whatever behaviors he might have had back then, it's irrelevant. The book is about how the Communist Party works. That's what it's about. And you will see why when we go down through this list, you will see why he was such a target of the Communist Party. You will see why the FBI was such a target of the Communist Party. You will see why education and labor unions and media are such targets of the Communist Party. You are going to understand that. Now, before we get started, I'm going to ask this question, and I'm going to ask this question again at the end. Do any of these that we are about to go over, do any of these ring true to home? Let's get started. Number one, the U.S. should accept coexistence as the only alternative to atomic war. Now, again, this is 1963. Back then, you were entering the Cold War era, and it was mutually assured destruction, and uh, we were going to annihilate the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union was going to annihilate us, and kids were being shown uh, nuclear explosions and everything. So granted, okay, this one might seem a little out of date, granted, but let's look at it in another manner, just in this, in this, um, in this aspect. Let's look at this in another manner. Let's bring that up to the modern era. Remember, the game is the same, but the players and the game field, I guess, have changed. So what could you substitute it with? Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset, the UN Agenda 2030, right? So let's look at that. The U.S. should accept coexistence as the only alternative to atomic war. What could we equate that to today? Well, the U.S. will no longer be the world's superpower, right? Isn't that Agenda 2030? Isn't that the Great Reset? Instead, it'll be a collection of nations that will share power and will collaborate with each other. Doesn't that sound just about the same? I mean, updated, yeah. Updated. Yeah, you got to bring it up to the modern era. You have to. I mean, like I said, the game doesn't change, right? The tactics do, but the game doesn't change. Well, Excuse the, the tactics the play, even I'm sorry, the players, the players, the players do, yeah. but the tactics do not. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Number two, the U.S. should be willing to capitulate in preference to engaging in atomic war. Again, it's the same thing. That goes along with number one. 
the U.S. Mm-hmm. will no longer be the world's leading superpower. Instead, it'll be part of a uh, of a collection of other nations that will work as a coalition. Yeah, kind of like the European Union. Excuse me, <laughs> where are my manners? Kind of like the failed European Union and the failed United Nations. That that kind of thing. Yeah, these encapsulate something called the Keenan Doctrine, uh, which advocated for the containment of communism. Yeah, see. Now I think that, and I'm I'm just guessing here. I I think that by the the actions that are being taken in the South China Sea by the coalition of nations such as the United Na- excuse me the United States, Germany, Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, Australia, these nations, the French, uh, they're over there as well. I think the elite are maybe looking to a way to contain China because we know that China is going to have to go on a war footing here real soon, don't we? Especially if their economic woes get any deeper. Establishment figures supporting the immoral containment policy at least implicitly worked with the communists in scaring the wits out of the American people concerning atomic war. Again, kids were shown annihilation videos. Build a bomb shelter in your basement with your parents. Stock up on all kinds of stuff, which, hey, you should do that anyway. You should do that anyway. That's just a normal uh, prepping attitude this, these days. Those people are called crazy kooks and conspiracy theorists now, if you want to prepare for anything. I think it's good to be prepared, to be quite honest. But as far as showing kids uh, nuclear annihilation videos and getting them to hide under their desks in school, no, no. They've done the same thing with COVID, haven't they? They've scared the hell out of everybody. It's the same thing. Yeah. You invoke fear to force compliance. It's what they've done. God, and the, the amount of psychological damage is being done. It's untold how long this is going to last. You know, it's 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 unknown. We're, we're in uncharted waters here and we we don't I mean, our foot is to the floor and we're showing no signs of stopping. We're, we're headed down insane, insane road. The, the psychological damage that's done. Um, I've heard experts talk about this. It, it, it could last for a lifetime for these yep. kids mm-hmm. because these are formative years for them. And what, you know, if you've had a traumatic experience in formative years, you don't forget that and it changes you. Um, so that's what they're trying to do. That's that's exactly what they're trying to do. Uh, President Ronald Reagan undid the Keenan Doctrine when he took an aggressive stand against the uh, uh, against the Soviet Union by backing freedom fighters or from around the world that were struggling against the left wing uh, communist rule. Uh, as a result, the Soviet Union and its satellites imploded a considerable and unexpected setback in the international co- uh, communist edifice. You know something? All they had to do, honestly, they, they didn't have to go around funding all kinds of stuff like that. All they had to do was stop paying them. It was as simple as that. Do you know what we did to defeat Nazi Germany? We paid the Soviet Union. That's what we did. We paid them. The Lend-Lease program? Look it up. If you saw the amount of supplies that we gave them, hell, we funded their entire Red Army. You couldn't make it up. If we would not fund communist regimes, you wouldn't have this problem. The structures themselves are failed states right from the start. Case in point, Bruce, I had you look up something called the NEP last week, didn't I? Mm-hmm. You did? Uh-huh. What did you find from the NEP? Yeah, the uh, the new economic policy, yeah, which uh-huh. was the... Soviet unions, um, they kind of had a little bit of a problem with uh, not having food and and product and all of that. So they decided Uh um, they were going to change their economic policy for a few years uh, to that of capitalism. Wait a minute. Do you mean you mean communism failed right from the start? So they had to resort back to, well, they couldn't call it capitalism. They had to call it the new economic policy. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. See, you see what I mean? You see what I mean? 
if we didn't fund them, the systems would collapse under their own failure right from the start. If we would just leave them alone and leave them to it. Anyway, all right, we got a long way to go, so uh, let's get moving. Number three, develop the illusion that total disarmament by the U.S. would be a demonstration of moral strength. Well, see, that's it's for world peace. Yeah, take, take a stand. Be the first nation to do that. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Hey. It's like in the movies, you know, uh, the the good guy and the bad guy are in a standoff and they both have their guns drawn and the bad guy says, put your gun down first. It's like, what? No, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> Absolutely not. And it's always been a goal of the Communist Party, no matter where they take over to disarm the citizens. It's always been that way. Always been that way. And it's not just them. The fascist system does the same thing. Hitler took the guns. Stalin took the guns. Mao took the guns. Mussolini took the guns. Pol Pot took the guns. Castro took them. Chavez took them. D are you going to sit there and you're going to tell me that the North Koreans are armed? Huh? -uh. The uh, no. the uh, Australians took theirs as well. Yeah, New the Zealand. Australians. Yeah, New Zealand. Well, New Zealand. And to be fair, New Zealand still has some. At least they did. Uh, but I think they they changed that a couple of years ago because of the Christchurch thing. Yeah. 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 They they did. They started. They did a government buyback and a mandatory. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, 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 I have a problem with that. I, I really have a problem with that. Um, you can't buy back something you didn't own in the first place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I just I have a problem yeah. with that, even though that's what they call mm -hmm. it. I, I wasn't wasn't saying you were wrong. I, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, well, I mean, I'm I'm, you know, the red, white and blue blooded American that you're not taking my guns. Mm -hmm. Number four, permit free. <laughs> tell me this hasn't happened. Permit free trade between all nations, regardless of communist affiliation and regardless of whether or not items could be used for war. You know what? I've been a I've been an advocate for quite some time, a good number of years now. When I say a good number of years, I'm talking 20 plus. OK, I've been an advocate for if you are a nation. Of course, I can't really say that now because every single Western nation is now guilty of this. If you're a nation that stomps on your people's rights, we're not doing business with you. Period. End of story. If you're not a democratically ruled nation elected of, for, and by the people, we're not doing business with you. It's that simple. Permit free trade between all nations, regardless of communist affili affiliation. Take that part out of it. How well has that worked out for the European Union? You have bankrupted the southern nations. You've bankrupted them. They, they have free trade. They don't have fair trade. You need fair trade. So everyone can come out on top. Everyone wins under fair trade. Not free trade, fair trade. Number five, extend long-term loans to Russia and Soviet satellites. Again, do not fund these countries. Don't fund communist countries. If China didn't get bankrolled by the West, they wouldn't exist. Excuse me. If communist China didn't get bankrolled by the West, they wouldn't exist. They would have collapsed under their own weight a long time ago. How do you think Mao Zedong came to power? They funded him. The same banks, the Rothschild and the Rockefeller banks funded him. The same banks that funded fascism in Europe. The same banks that funded, well, the New York banks funded the Bolsheviks in the early days of Russia. Number six, provide American aid to all nations, regardless of communist domination. Okay, um, we're not a welfare department for the entire world, though that's what we've become. 1963 is when these were read into the, uh, the, the congressional record. Would you say, as an American, that we have provided American aid to all nations, regardless of communist domination? I would say so. 
Quite frankly, if we did it the right way, between the United States and Brazil, those two countries, just those two, between those two nations, if we did it correctly, we could feed the world at a surplus. We could end this this world hunger problem. But the problem is government mismanagement and it and unequal distribution of resources. That's what this is, because we got to meet at the United Nations building and it's got to be a good old boys club for third world dictators, doesn't it? And don't tell me that that stuff doesn't go on. Our own contributor, Marty, who served in NATO, who was sitting in Africa wearing the blue beret on his head and watched them unload the UN food aid, which 80% of that comes from the U.S., unload the food aid off the ships and hand it directly over to the warlords to garner favors with the local population. How on earth is that equality? How on earth is that an equal distribution of resources? It's a joke. It's a damn joke. Provide American aid to all nations. Now, again, this is the problem that I was discussing. By doing such things as this, it causes the ideology of communism to flourish because Well, if they don't do it, well, you know, they can't produce anything. They'll just get it from somewhere else. They'll go to the United Nations and appeal for it. Aid and trade over the decades contributed greatly to communist liquidation of over 100 million people worldwide. I'd argue it's more than that. Now, if you don't believe that, pick up a copy of the Black Book of Communism. Every household should have a copy. I've got my copy right here. Bruce, you've seen it. Everyone should have a copy of the Black Book of Communism. The aid and trade marks a shameful chapter in American history, which, of course, it does. Without the aid and trade, the left-wing international communist system would have imploded on its own rot a lot sooner, and millions upon millions of people would have been saved from poverty, misery, starvation, death, slavery, and all the rest of it. But instead, we prop up these regimes through aid and finance rather than just leave them to their own miserable failures. Number seven, grant recognition of China and admission of China to the United Nations. Has that happened? Bruce, do you think that's happened? I, I feel like I'm up, I'm up here on my soapbox. Jump in here. Yeah, I mean, China, uh, we, we empowered China thanks to uh, policies that were initiated back in the 90s. Well, earlier than that, but 90s. Uh, that's namely. when it really took off. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, there was groundwork before then to to allow those policies to be passed. But yes, that's when it really took off. And now China is uh, supposedly technologically as advanced as we are. So they say, I doubt. But Bruce, they defy the, yeah. law, the laws of physics. So the problem with defying the laws of physics, um, that implies that... Um, you're using something like quantum tech or you, you, you can't defy the laws of physics. They're, they're, they're laws for a reason, unless the laws are wrong, which is possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Um, OK, so China, basically, I, I would argue that the United Nations is pretty much infiltrated and run by China at the top. They hold seats on the UN, the UN Human Rights Council in China, a, a country that runs concentration camps. They have over a million Uyghur Muslims in concentration camps. They're committing genocide. Of course, so are we. But they have seats on the UN Human Rights Council. Saudi Arabia has seats on the UN Human Rights Council. They still do beheadings in Saudi Arabia as a form of capital punishment. I mean, I'm not necessarily against the the way by which you do the capital punishment, as long as it's, I mean... Yeah, humane. Okay, all right. Yeah, I got it. All right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, humane. My God. Quote, anyway, well, yeah, well I guess I mean, you won't do it someone. again. Uh, yeah, I guess you won't do it again, uh, will you? No? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
as long as it's within reason. Like if you if you murdered like someone or multiple people or whatever, you, you know, you, you, we're really yeah. we're really flirting with TOS here. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. China pretty much owns lock, stock, and barrel the World Health Organization, which is the medical wing of the United Nations. They pretty much own that. So which is uh, weird you... because we're the ones that fund it. Yeah. Right. Well, what what did I say? Marxists always get other people to do their work for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they do. Number eight, set up East and West Germany as separate states in spite of Khrushchev's promise in 1955 to settle uh, settle the Germany question by free elections under the supervision of the United Nations. Yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, that's That was something else. We were actually the, the stabilizing force here in Europe after the war, so I can understand why that was put there, because uh, where I am, this was the front line of capitalism and, uh, you know, in the evil system of communism. This is what it was. This is where it was. John F. Kennedy actually came here and he stood at the wall, the Berlin Wall. He stood there and he looked straight, you know, just stood there straight and looked straight up at it and looked down one side and down the other. And the German press at the time said, there stands the most powerful man in the world and he can't take one more step. This was the front line. I've stood right there where he stood. I've stood in Berlin, where the wall was, where the checkpoint was, Checkpoint Charlie. I've stood there. Number nine, prolong the conferences to ban atomic tests because the U.S. has agreed to suspend tests as long as the negotiations are in progress. Well, I mean, we shut all that stuff down anyway, that, you know, the, the atomic stuff. I mean, we ended up closing all that stuff down anyway, so that doesn't really matter. Number 10, allow all Soviet satellites individual representation in the United Nations. OK, do you know why they said that? Do you know why the do you know why the Communist Party wanted that? Because they wanted to turn one single solitary voice of communism into many. That's why they wanted to do it. The more voices you have carrying Marxism in the United Nations, well, the more support you have for your cause, right? Even though they all say the same thing, they make it sound and look like they have more support than what they actually do. Their numbers are not great. They never are. It's always a minority. Remember, 1,200 people took over two towns and shot three people. That's how the Bolsheviks made it to the ascension of power in Russia. They never had the majority of the Soviet people or the Russian people behind them. Never. Number 11. Promote the United Nations as the only hope for mankind. <laughs> have, have we done that? If its charter is rewritten, demand that it be set up as a one world government with its own independent armed forces. Are we there? Are we there? Oh, we're there. We're, we're, that ship has set sail a long time ago. They've been clamoring to make the United Nations a world government body for decades, but they can't. It's failed. It's failed. They're trying to push NATO, but NATO's outdated. NATO's out. It's outdated. It's failed. It needs to be reworked. If you're going to keep it, it needs to be re reworked. Quite frankly, I think they should strip the whole thing down and shut it down. The United States pays for over 70 percent of NATO as it is anyway. Well, and you, you also have the um, the other agendas that are being pushed forward by uh, the communist types, the Marxists, um, climate change, uh, this whole covid nonsense that went on um those are two of the most recent agendas that um you have to do something to save the planet or the people of the planet and not to mention the fact that the united nations was set up by a communist in the first place a gentleman by the name of alger hiss he was the first secretary general he was communist so why would you not think and, and on top of that what happens what happens when you have a communist regime and the world come to power as we said before they have to be bankrolled by somebody who gave the United Nations the land in New York 
to build that building. Gentleman by the name of Rockefeller. I'll just leave it there. Number 12, resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, I mean, again, that's uh, we, we have Communist parties today, Marxist parties today in the U.S. So, I mean, oh, we even have a Nazi Party of America. Like We do. We do. But here, here's the thing, though. The, the, the thing and I want to stick with, and that's that's relevant, but I, I want to I stick with this here. It says, resist any attempts to outlaw the Communist Party. Technically, the United States already has a law that outlaws the Communist Party. Technically, we just don't enforce it. The other problem that we have is they decided to change tactics right around this time. Don't call yourselves communists anymore. Don't call yourselves that. You notice none of them are calling themselves that? You notice that? Because they can't. Yeah. Democratic socialists. Yeah. Exactly. Democratic socialists. The hell, Democrat, progressive, liberal, th these things. That That's what they've done. They've just rebranded themselves. Do everything. Call yourself everything except what you actually are. Now, I laugh at the fact when Bernie's when Bernie Sanders comes out and he says, well, Democratic socialists, Democratic, Democratic socialists. Let's go back 100 years. Let's look at Vladimir Lenin, Bolshevik Revolution, right? Which that wasn't even really a revolution. If you if you sit down and you read about it, and you study it. It was an armed insurrection. When I said 1200 people took over two towns and shot three people, that's actually what happened. That's not a revolution. But let's look at the term Bolshevik. Bolshevik. What does that mean? In Russian, it means majority. A majority of what? Their political party. What was their political party? Well, they didn't have a communist party in Russia at the time. They were the majority faction of the Russian Social Democrats. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Russian Social, yeah, Social Democrats. Uh-huh. You know, they conveniently leave that part out in the history books. Number 13, do away with loyalty oaths. I would argue we've been doing that for quite some time. Uh, we, we haven't really been taking this stuff seriously for, for time immemorial, or would you disagree? Well, uh, to take a very basic uh, loyalty oath that we used to do every day in school, you don't do that anymore. I pledge allegiance. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's a loyalty oath. Mm -hmm. um, Wait a minute, you, you don't say I pledge allegiance to BLM? You, you, don't, you don't do that? Mm, uh, well, that's true. We, we've changed our allegiances to uh -huh. Marxist movements. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. You're, and then on top of that, the ones that do take the oath to uphold the current system, the, the liberal system of uh, America, as an example, um, they're not upholding their oath. They don't keep the oath of protecting the Constitution, protecting the rights of the, the people. Instead, they're going about um, usurping the rights and taking away your jobs, uh, taking away your livelihoods, uh, restricting business. Um, it's very fascistic. That's what I said many years ago. I said, you know what? If we continue on this path, just looking at trends, this is before we even fathomed what COVID was going to be. Just looking at trends, I said, man, we're headed down a very nasty road of a mixture of the worst tyrannical element that the world has ever seen. We're headed down a road of, I don't even want to call it liberal fascism, but that's what it is. Uh, I, I would I would take a term that was, that was coined back in the 50s, right around this time that we're talking about, and I'd call it red fascism. I, I can't put another label on it. I, I simply can't. Number 14, continue giving Russia access to the U.S. Patent Office. You could substitute Russia with China, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, That's... both are communist regimes, oh, classic Soviet Russia, and then China. Well, they're both Russia's, communist. Russia's like now they've just they traded in their jack boots for Gucci shoes. Like that. That's all they did. Yeah. It, yeah. It's no longer communistic. It's now oligarchy. I mean, it's right. more or less 
they're a lot more free now and have free enterprise, but it's still a corrupt government and corrupt system. Yeah. Uh, so it from from the from an out as an outsider looking looking in, it looks like a more extreme version of what the U.S. was 20 years ago. Um, the U.S. had more or less more of an oligarchy. Life went on as normal for the average citizen, but the politicians were doing um, dirty dealings behind the scenes, lying in their pockets. But more or less, you were free to do, you know, whatever. Yeah, now it's become much more fascistic, much more uh, Marxist rule. Mm -hmm. This one I'm not really sure about. Number 15, capture one or both of the political parties in the United States. Oh, that one. That one's a tough one, man. That is a tough I one to really know. answer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Have they, yeah. you the listener, have they captured one or both political parties in the United States? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I can't quite figure it out. You know, I look at, I look at the stellar leadership we have under a guy like Mitch McConnell, and I look at, at, at guys like Mitt Romney and, and, and people such as who the hell they have in the house. <laughs> Anybody? We have a uniparty in America. I would call that one mission accomplished for the Communist Party. That's what I would call it. One side is uh, the revolutionaries, if you will. They're the ones that uh, energize their their base to go out and uh, protest or whatever. File lawsuits against a, a Christian bakery, as an example. Um, we're full circle. And then you have... We're, we're full circle. We've got Bolsheviks yeah. and Mensheviks. We're full circle. Yeah. Well, but the right is basically convinced to do nothing. To, to, they were yeah. they were on board, but they weren't as radical as the Bolsheviks. They said the Bolsheviks, Lenin and, and company said, hey, look, just work with us and go along with this. We're going to make sure you have a seat at the table. Do you know what happened to the Mensheviks after that? They were liquidated. That's the term they use. Number 16, use technical decisions of the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. Huh. <laughs> wow. That is huh. that is spot on. That that is spot on. You could pick any of these organizations that they've sprung up on us in the last couple of years. You could take uh, any of these activist movements, the BLM movement, the Antifa movement, this critical race theory crap. Uh, you, you could work your way right down the line of all this stuff. This inclusiveness pronoun garbage that they put out there, all this stuff. And if you say anything about any of those or anything else that they stick out there, oh, you're violating somebody's civil rights. And they're going to have ACLU lawyers down there defending one person that got offended out of 15,000. I would like this to be reread in the halls of Congress. Not that it would do any good, but I want it in the record say, again. You, what's in the record? Apparently, well, that dusty old thing, you know, no, no one pays attention to that. When, when you have an outburst like you had yesterday between got the likes of Jerry Nadler and, and Congressman Jim Jordan, you're never going to get this read because uh, they probably wouldn't be able to get it in 48 hours before <laughs> to follow protocol. So they wouldn't his, be able to read uh, it. I, I, I would have uh, strung Nadler up by his nipple high pants and just hung him on his belt loops. A little. <sighs> uh huh. Number 17, get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of teachers associations. Put the party line in textbooks. Where do you want to start with this one? <laughs> we can start with stuff that just happened this week. Um, the the um, who was it in front of Congress? We the the you just you just mentioned him. That was uh, uh, no, that was going against um, Nadler. The uh, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Thank you. Uh, it was it was Jim Jordan that was questioning uh, 
uh, DOJ, the head of DOJ, Merrick uh, and was Merrick Garland, uh, was going over that and, and basically questioning him on, um, uh, what was he using the FBI to investigate parents and come to find out, yeah, he was based on a letter that was sent by the teachers unions. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, as, as an, as a modern day example or, or recent example, there you go. Kind of looks like the teachers unions or the education system is running the show. So they have control of the teachers association, put the party line in textbooks. Okay. Um, soften the curriculum, common core. Yeah. Common core. You remember common core? Soften common the curriculum. Core. Yeah. 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 Uh, use Critical them as trans- race theory was critical another, race theory. Uh, yeah. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Critical race theory. That's Marxism through and through. This idea that we're now showing kids in school pornography. What do you think another tactic is? Exactly that. Number 18, gain control of all student newspapers. Check that one off for the universities, especially. Check that one off. Number 19, use student riots to foment public protests across uh, against programs or organizations that are under communist attack. Again, universities through and through. You get some uh, wound up lunatic group out there that has no idea any of these these stupid kids that have no idea what they're doing or supporting. But boy, it sounds good. So they're going to be out there and everybody else in the dorms doing it. They're getting out of their safe space for a day. They're going to create a safe space down in the middle of town somewhere with their stupid little masks on and their skinny jeans and their thousand dollar iPhones that they don't realize that capitalism gave them. What was the uh, Wall Street protests? What were we calling Occupy. those? Occupy. Occupy Wall Street. Thank you. Um, they were the students, majority of them, or professors. They were, the professors were also down there protesting the one percent. That was that was what ten years ago now. Yeah, and let's let's go. Let's look at let's look at modern stuff. Let's look at the Chaz in Seattle, perpetrated by mostly twenties uh, or or I mean, some of them were. One of them uh, was a minor that we know for sure. He was underage because uh, there was an instance of uh, what's his face, the um, the the rapper that was down there that was calling, him, calling himself. Yeah, he, he was calling himself the warlord. Mm -hmm. um, he gave a um, uh, firearm, I think it was an AR-15, to a uh, underage to a sixteen individual. Yeah, and he's like literally slamming it off the pavement, trying to get the magazine in. I'm like, uh, uh, dumbass, you just let it go. You know, like he's he was I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't discharge around. Thank God he didn't rack one. I'm surprised he didn't discharge around into the, the group that was standing in front of him. Idiots. Number 20. I'm not sure if we've reached this point yet or not. No, number 20. Infiltrate the press. Get control oh. of <laughs> get control of book review assignments, editorial writing and policy making positions. Gee, I don't know if we have we reached that point if they infiltrated the press. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I would say, um, yeah, I, I think we might have reached that point. Um, it, it, it seems like we might have, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah. Just go back and listen to our podcast about how the mainstream media organizations get CCP enhancement. And then that should tell you all you need to know about whether or not our media has been infiltrated. Look at Number news articles from 10 years ago uh, and look at them now. I mean, 10 years ago, they were they were left leaning, but they were more willing to talk about uh, the truth than today. I mean, mm -hmm. you could go back even further, 20 years back and look at those, you know, when when the digital age started really forming, you know, like online and stuff. Look at look at that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's gone communist.
Oh, yes. Full on through and through. Number 21, gain control of key positions in radio, TV and motion pictures. Do I need to tell you what's going on in Hollywood with that cesspit? Yeah. TV and Hollywood. TV. They had difficulty with radio because radio has been tough, you know, you especially had, now podcasts yeah. are out. It's like that's yeah. that's really tough. But before that, uh, you had Rush Limbaugh. He was like the number one radio show host. And so that that was a difficult one to, you know, the left have been after that for a long time. But now that podcasting is out, uh, you have a slew of it, it's just a shotgun pattern of all different kinds of ideas. Uh, so, yeah. Well, the thing about TV media and radio media, there, there's a difference there. Obviously, the, the movie stuff, we already know where that's at, right? I mean, you listen to any one of these garbage celebrities and they'll tell you exactly what side of the aisle they're on without even saying it. But TV, that's always been like, just look at the news channels, the, the so-called dying, horrible, disgusting mainstream media. Look at all of those channels and tell me which way they lean. And I'm not discounting Fox News, Okay. Throw all of those networks in there and tell me which way they lean. Then listen to the radio and tell me how many conservative minded, I'm not going to say true conservative, but conservative minded shows you hear. It's the opposite of what you see on TV. Why? Because the conservative mindset is usually the more, and I, I, I don't mean to sound insulting here, but it's just kind of the way that it is, especially now, now that we're in the era of uh, radicalism out in out in the open. The conservative mindset has always been more of the thinking type. We can actually sit down and we can think through a problem. So we're more inclined to listen to things rather than get visual representations. We want to talk about things. We want to hear dialogue. We want to take part in a discussion. We don't want to see a bunch of idiots sitting on a television screen in some handpicked roundtable going back and forth about nothing and then leaving you with an opinion that you yourself didn't arrive at that's going to alter your way of thinking. That's not what we want to hear. We want to hear meaningful dialogue between people. We want to hear what the average person out there on the street is thinking when they do call-ins. That's what we want to hear. So that's why there's a you, you have an opposite side when it comes to radio and it comes to, to TV and, and movies and things. They're more inclined to uh, pay attention to you know the visual representation of things because it's, it's easier to indoctrinate people that way. Number 22, continue discrediting American culture by degrading all form of artistic expression. An American communist cell was told to eliminate all good sculpture from parks and buildings, substituting shapeless, awkward, and meaningless forms. That has happened in more places than America. That I can tell you. There was a nice sculpture that was down the road from me, something that was old and had been there for quite some time. They removed it. They put four pieces of bent metal out there in a circle. That's all that's out there now. And I'm, I'm driving past it every day, and I'm like, what the hell is this ridiculous eyesore? What, I, I have to look at that now? And I, I look in front of in front of other buildings where they they just put up this piece of so-called art and it means nothing. It means nothing. Maybe you need to put that uh, piece of art into a jar of piss and maybe that'll make it maybe actual better. Art. Maybe that's where I was kind of going. That's where I was going to kind of go with this, because and I'm not joking. Th this is what passes for art. Now, there was an artist, air quote artist who sold a cleaned up jar of pickles that was stuffed with crime scene tape from a police crime scene and then resealed, and it was sold for $1 million. How in the name of God is that art? Of course they've taken over the art. Of course they have. Discrediting you, you American uh, culture? I, I, they, they've done all that. Looking at art, uh, just real quick, this one, this one's uh, an interesting contrast. Um, uh, look back at, uh, I'm going to use this as an extreme example because obviously, yeah. 
um, go back and look at the art of Adolf Hitler. Uh, look when he failed art college. Okay, look at his art now. Compare it to today's standards. His art back then, he failed art, and you look at what he did back then as a failure, and compare it to the art that they do today. Um, let's just say uh, Adolf Hitler, if he were to be an artist today, would be selling his artwork for millions of dollars. Actually, that's that's probably true because I I know people that. I mean, I read stories about collectors who buy things from from back in that time, especially if it was something that it, it's just, you know, uh, it's a collector's item. For example, there was a hotel uh, not far from uh, not far from me that uh, that he was supposed to stay at one night. And I mean, all those all those years ago when he was in charge here, he was supposed to stay there that night. And how things worked back then, they would send his luggage or whatever it was or a suitcase or two ahead and it would be there when he got there, right? It was just like, I mean, that, that, was, that was how Nazi royalty traveled back then, was they would send your belongings ahead and everything would be ready for you in your room when you got there. Well, something changed with his itinerary and he wasn't able to stay at that hotel. He had to change and go somewhere else that night. However, that luggage was never picked up. And there was a pair of his underwear in there, his boxer shorts in there with his uh, his initials, A.H., sti- hand-stitched into them because they were made by a-, a designer back then. The hotel just held on to them. You know, it was a family hotel. It had been passed on through the generations. And the inheritors, the third or fourth generation and owner of that hotel now, said, you know, we got these things. Okay, let's auction them off. They sold for like $120,000 or something like that. Yeah, it's a piece of history. You know. It is. It is. If, if you think about it, it is. It really is. Now, it sounds kind of stupid. You know, I, I wouldn't spend maybe maybe it was twelve hundred. Maybe it was twelve hundred. I, I don't know. But it was it, I want to say it was like one thousand. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't I, matter. I, I still think a hundred thousand would still have been reasonable because yeah. that is an individual that history does not need to forget. Correct. You, you, that what happened there should never be forgotten. And in fact, there was a phrase never forget. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've taken over. They've taken over art. Uh, twenty three. Number twenty three. Control art critics and directors of art museums. Our plan is to promote ugliness, repulsive, and meaningless art. Well, it's not going to do you any good to take over the art if you don't take over the critics to control that art, right? And you also have to take over the art institutions. <laughs> Let's look at it another medium of art, uh, movies, and and those that that's a form of art. Look at the critics from movies, the quote-unquote woke movies, and you look at the critics' reviews of those. Uh, you'll see 80, 90, 100% reviews from like Rotten Tomatoes and those. But then the actual uh, viewers say, <laughs> you know, it got a 20% out of 100 or something like that. You know, it, it's a negative review, right? And then reverse it. Uh, show a movie that people, I don't know, maybe like a Dave, Ch- uh, Dave Chappelle uh, skit. Um, it, it, the reviews on that are uh, very good for the average populace. The critics review it in the negative because, yeah, whatever. Um, that's that's a, a good example of, of modern day art um, and critics. Number 24, eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship and a violation of free speech and free press. Uh, I mean, you can go online and get porn at the tip of your fingers and you, you, you don't have to like you don't have to be of a certain age or any of that. It's just it's an age gate that anybody could lie about. So there's technically no restriction on something like that. As an example, mm-hmm. we see uh, again, going back to movies, uh, we see yeah. uh, violence and nudity, sex, all that stuff, drug use. All of that is is in movies and whatnot. Video We're games. teaching it in schools. 
video, video games. games. Yeah. That, and I'm, I'm not. I, and OK, look, if you're into that kind of stuff, fine. But we have age ratings on those things, just like we do movies and other content. There are some video games out there that are extremely violent. And I don't think kids of a certain age have any business near them, just like anything else. Uh, I'm a little bit more liberal on that one because research shows that um, violent video games and those kind of things actually curb violence. Um, it gives an outlet for the the very small percentage of the population that is sociopathic and will go out and do those kind of things. It gives them an outlet and it makes it less likely that they'll actually mm. go out and do something like that. So mm. I'm, I'm a little bit more lenient on on video games and stuff. It may also have to do with the fact that I am a video gamer myself. Um, and have been since I was you. a young kid. How dare you? And you do, do you know how many people I've gone out and murdered because of video games? Because, I, the, you know, the, playing all those super violent video games, I, I can count all of them on one hand. Yeah, zero. Zero. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess uh, the last one kind of goes along with this one. Number 25, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio and TV. Again, check all. Yeah. Um, another another one that's kind of uh, it, it came up in, in conversation here recently with a family member. Um, there was a law here in the state of Oklahoma that passed fairly recently. Um, it is now legal for women to be topless in public. Uh, well, isn't that what that uh, lowlife degenerate did at the uh, Biden inauguration? That host, she went out there and she was running around topless or she lifted her shirt up or something to celebrate I, the inauguration. I, of I guess. Uh, Some yeah, I, show I, host that no one I cares mean, about. She was standing out there alone, you know, in front of a fence. OK, you know, that, I mean, that, that's just it's that kind of lifestyle that I'm talking about. Uh, OK, where did we? OK, number 26. I'm wondering if they've accomplished this one. Present homosexuality, degeneracy and promiscuity as natural, normal and healthy. Ooh, we're going to get banned for that one. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly what's happened. Um, you, you, and not only can uh, or not only is that the case and it's promoted, but you cannot speak against them. In fact, uh, again, I brought up the uh, the 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 cake baker being banned from, you know, yep. uh, or well, really his business being shut down because mm -hmm. he was unwilling to bake a cake for a gay couple. They're a protected class. In fact, the transgender class is uh, advanced so much in the hierarchy that they are more protected than POCs. That's true. That's true. And if you look, if you look at that and look, if I know, I know people that that are in the LGBTQ community, I know people that are in that community. And here's the thing, even they, and these are these are people that have been in there for for years, right? Decades. And even they are looking at this new wokeness, whatever this is. And they're like, what is this mental institution that this thing's been turned into? We, we didn't we didn't ask for any of this stuff. We didn't ask for any of this, uh, this three ring circus stuff that's going on. People going out there and, and getting kids involved in this. The hell's wrong with you? What in God's name is wrong with you? Yeah. And I'm going to say something really controversial here. Uh, when did we promote mental conditions? You know, gender dysphoria, as an example. When was that deemed natural and normal? Well, that's, that's when they took over the schools. It was part exactly. of uh, infiltrating the schools. Fits in fits in with all this agenda that we're uh -huh. talking about. Yeah, yeah. You can choose your gender. You don't have to worry about what your parents say. You know, that's, yeah. yeah gender fluid. fluid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. This one right here is going to burn you up. Number 27, infiltrate the churches and replace revealed religion with social religion. Social justice. Yep. Discredit yep. the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a religious crutch. Think, man. Mm. Think for yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would say, think for yourself. Um, I, I agree with that uh, concept. Um, think for yourself. You should not blindly follow a religion just because. Um, you should have a reason behind following the religion. And in fact, one of my issues with uh, Christianity is that, for example, uh, you believe a certain thing. Let's say, um, uh, I'll, I'll use a, a basic example, um, not to drink alcohol. Okay. Why do you think the Bible tells you not to be drunk on alcohol? Why do you think that is? Well, it's because I, it, drinking is stupid, right? Getting drunk yes, is stupid. I, I it's foolish. It's, it's in when you do that, it, it shows you that to be a fool. You know, you're you're being. I'm, I'm trying to use the biblical terms, but it's just not coming to me. But I, I, I well, follow what it, you're saying. Yeah, it, it, not even necessarily biblical. Just like getting drunk, right? It, okay, it may be fun in the moment, but uh, many people go out and do something stupid. Uh, we have laws against drinking and driving, yet people still go and drink and drive and end up killing someone. Uh, you get drunk and your um, inhibitions get, uh, you know, loosened a bit and you you may end up sleeping with someone that you otherwise wouldn't have. Or uh, you may do another drug or do something you would not have normally done if you were not inebriated. Just, I mean, it, it, that, that's, basically what, that's basically what it means. So when you believe something, whatever it is, have a reason for it. Why, why do you think the Bible says it? Logically deduce it. But we're, we're seeing like the Catholic Church as a, a prime example of the uh, going down the road of um, this uh, wokeism, right? Uh, the, the, the Pope coming out and saying stuff that is, well, I mean, the, the Pope, the, the current Pope is socialistic in, in nature. When you, he's against businesses, he's against uh, free enterprise and uh, going for the critical race theory nonsense. And it, it, it's and the, trying to the make Catholic inroads charities. with and the charities yeah. they're, they're funding part of this open border movement. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're going down these, these absolutely foolish. I mean, you can have an open border. That's a legally open border in the sense of you come in. I would love to have a system to where, uh, you have the proper paperwork. We can prove that you're a, a, um, not a dangerous individual. And let's say you're an entrepreneur or something and you want to come into this country. Come on in. No quotas. None of that. Just come on in. You know, first come, first serve kind of a scenario. Uh, I would love to have a system like that because I want to take in the people that like our system, that love the American idea and want to uh, flourish under that idea. I want more of those people. Now, see, Bruce, the, the, the Bill of Rights was a, merely a charter of negative liberties. Now, see, clearly the founding fathers were nothing but selfish aristocrats with no concern for the common man. What's wrong with you? Yes. And you, the high, lofty, ivory tower politician, care about me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. They, they care deeply. They, they care deep. Number 28, eliminate prayer or any phase of religious expression in the schools on the grounds that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. I think the nation truly started to go to hell. And this is just my opinion. It truly started to go to hell when we removed God from the schools. That's when it started to absolutely tank. Yeah. So uh, back in the early 2000s, I remember them really cracking down on people wearing uh, shirts that had a message on them or, uh, you know, having a Bible in school and those kind of things. And I, I back then was a rebellious teenager and I wore those shirts in school. I brought my Bible to school. Uh, I, I had the attitude, which I still have today. Come at me, bro. I did that back then. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I seen that. I, I was on the front line of that one uh, in the in recent time. But it, it really started back in the 60s when they banned prayer in school. And you know something the, the the underlying message behind that that the Communist Party likes to do is they want to replace your belief in the creator with a belief in uh, an earthly man, which would be the control of the state. That, that's what they want. That, that's what it's all about. It's about severing your connection with something that is greater than yourself. That's what it's about. They want you to worship the state, not God. That was made apparent last year. They want you to worship at the, uh, at the feet of the state and follow their edicts. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, well, I mean, they're, they're doing it today still, but it was made really apparent last year. Number 29, discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations on a worldwide basis. Check, check, and double check. Check, check. Yep, yep. Um, that, that has been... They're, they're constantly saying it's an outdated uh, document. It, it needs to be uh, refurbished or changed or completely scrapped. Oh, yeah. We have an amendment process. It's there. The founders of America knew that they could not predict the future. They gave us the amendment process so the Constitution of the United States could be a living document. It is the only one of its kind to be a living document. It changes with the time. You go through and change something. If you don't like it, then go through this process and change it. The problem is, is that they can't get it through the actual courts and get it through the legislature and get it past the people for what they want to do. The amendment process is very long. It's very drawn out. It's very complex. The Volstead Act, prohibition, it is still in there. We prohibited alcohol in the United States. We put it in the Constitution. We made it an amendment, but it didn't work, did it? So you go back. Fine work. Well, it didn't. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. It, it failed, uh, I know. as in, you know, the, the whole the whole thing on its face failed. But we put it in there because it was an amendment to the Constitution. We outlawed alcohol. We realized that it did not work. It just made the organized crime problem just explode. And the gangster uh, era uh, ensued after that. I would say I would say entrepreneurs. Explode. Yeah, okay. In entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, we, we are in that era now where we're we're actually down the road, the uh, you know, the back alley kind of stuff we're gonna have to do in order to survive all this nonsense they're pushing down on us. So fair enough. But my point is is that through the through the amendment process, they passed it. They they put it in our constitution. It's in there. It's in there. You can go and you can read it. But here's the thing about that process. When we repealed the Volstead Act, when we repealed prohibition, when we eliminated it, we left it in there because that's part of the amendment process. So you can see, you have a written record of what you did that you tried to do. You tried to amend it to make it work. It didn't work. So you repeal it, but you keep it in the document so you know that you've tried it before, so you don't forget, so you don't repeat history. It is a living document, the Constitution. That's why they hate it. That's why they want it gone. The Constitution, it's very important to understand this. The Constitution does not tell you what you can do as an American. It tells the government what they cannot do. That is the point of it. That's why they have disdain for that document. They wrote the Constitution to put massive chains on the state, on the power of the state over you. And when I say chains, I'm talking boat anchor style chains. That's why they have disdain for the U.S. Constitution. Go ahead. So I would say it's a living... Uh, document in the sense as well that, uh, for example, um, it says that your uh, personal effects are yours, right? Your documents, your papers, those kind of things. 
Well, as time progresses and technology evolves, we still have documents in papers, uh, but they're now digitized. Well, if you stick with the spirit of the Constitution as a living document, that would include data. But as the as we go more and more communist, um, that does not include data. Uh, you have to get actual rulings on that. So they're allowed to go in and just uh, you know geonet and grab uh, all your data, your locational data, your your communications, and all of that without a warrant. They're completely bypassing the Constitution for your safety. And your health. Don't forget about that. Number 30. This is one I already quoted, but number 30. Discredit the American founding fathers. Present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man. And they were also uh, slave owners. Um, the 1619 Project. That oh, yeah, is exactly what it does. Yeah. Yeah. That, that teaches that the founders were nothing but racist slave owners. And America didn't start uh, with, with Plymouth and all, it started in 1619 with Jamestown, which devolved into cannibalism. Number 31, belittle all forms of American culture and discourage the teaching of American history on the ground that it was only a minor part of the big picture. Give more emphasis to Russian history since the communists took over. Oh, yes, that turned out so well, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, belittle all forms of American culture, discourage the teaching of American history. Again, 1619 project. I think that's a great example to throw in there. Uh, let me let me ask you that you this, the listener, can you identify what is American culture? If you say anything of the fact that it's movies or uh, music or any of the like foods, you know, those kind of things, um, you would be wrong. Uh, it, American culture is the mindset of, um, uh, you know, if I put my mind to it, I can do it. Um, yeah. Uh, F the government, basically, you know, leave us alone. <laughs> uh, libertarianism, bad government's bad and K, small government. Those are the kinds of things. Freedom, liberty. Uh, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, that is American culture. But it's been, you know, it's been branded as bad now. And <laughs> we have to be all inclusive. And yeah, you know what I, I heard like you were you were mentioning there like movies and music and all that stuff that that's no, that that's not American culture. That's pop I, culture. That's yeah, it's pop culture. I got in the car today. And by default, for whatever reason, the radio kicked on. And of course, you can tell that it's some uh, garbage noise out of the United States, right? You, you can tell that it's just it's just nonsense. I hear somebody. It sounded like they were throwing up into the microphone with one of those voice changers. <laughs> I I literally said at the top of my lungs, "Oh my God, what is this trash?" And I and I had to immediately hit the mute button. This is what people listen to. This is what passes for what you consider to be culture. Okay, boomer. God, good <laughs> lord. Number 32, support any socialist movement to give decentralized control over any part of the culture, education, social agencies, welfare programs, mental health clinics, etc. Gee, let's start here. The Democratic Socialists of America, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and all the other things we named this time around. Uh, all these these other things, all these other social movements, you know, uh, Biden for or women for Biden and, and, you know, all these other groups that they have out there uh, that are promoting this stuff. Uh, the, the feminist, the feminist movement that's out there, you know, the pink hat wears. Yeah, they, they do all of this stuff. Support any socialist movement to give centralized control, control over any part of the culture. That's what they want to do. They have to centralize absolutely everything. Everything must be political. Everything must be centralized so they can have control over all of that agenda with it. Number 33, 
Eliminate all laws or procedures which interfere with the operation of the communist apparatus. It's a state of emergency, right? We have to we have to do all of this to uh, to, to protect your health. You know, I heard a, a, a video or excuse me, I heard audio today of one of the union bosses for the uh, the longshoremen out in Long Beach. You know, all the, the piers that are backed up with all the ships out there. It's not the truck drivers that are the problem. Yes, we have a shortage of 80,000, but it's the longshoremen that are not being allowed to work by the union bosses. The union boss comes out, gives a statement, says people that aren't getting vaccinated are the reason that we can't open these ports. Our economy is going through a transition. We're in the transition phase. Transition from what? Transition to what? Eliminate all laws or procedures which interfere with the operation of the communist apparatus. They have to take control over the economy. They're going to give you an infrastructure plan, right? They're going to give you a Green New Deal. They're going to give you a Green Revolution. They're going to give you Build Back Better. Eliminate all laws and procedures which interfere with that operation. Since we're in time of such crisis, since COVID, since you didn't do your part, with COVID, since you didn't go out and do what you were told, well, everything that's collapsing, that's your fault. That's all your fault. Anybody with a half a brain can see that this, be, this is being engineered on purpose. See, before in history, they were able to get away with this. Now they can't because we have the free flow of information. They don't like it. If this was 1940, they could probably get away with this because we wouldn't know any of the wiser just looking at it on the surface. This is but why now, they're going after Facebook and exactly. Twitter and all of them. Exactly. But now we have big tech. That was good. That was where exactly where I was going to go. Now we have big tech. It's a double edged sword. They can use it to their advantage, but we can also see what's happening on the other side of the curtain with it. Yeah. If we didn't have social media, we wouldn't know about the the protests that are going on in other countries. We wouldn't know about the kind of nonsense that's going on. Uh, we wouldn't have known about the, the the riots that happened last year because they would have said this is a mostly peaceful protest. And that's all we would have gotten from the media, though we probably would have caught on because they, some of them were in front of burning cars and burning buildings. And and if if it's mostly peaceful, then why is there a mostly peaceful three story fire behind you? That was a protest that was mostly peaceful. It wasn't by any means unruly. Number 34, eliminate the House Committee on Un-American Activities. Well, they did that. They accomplished that. The House Committee on Un-American Activities, that should have been restarted the day that Donald Trump was inaugurated. That should have been started immediately. And I would have been dragging those sorry bastards in there and putting them under McCarthy-style questioning because McCarthy, McCarthy wasn't wrong, but he was wrong for his time. Number 35. Well, uh, I, I will say uh, as a caveat, uh, generally speaking, I'm against witch hunts, generally speaking. Uh, so yeah. when when yeah. they go after someone that's uh, an avowed communist, you have to be really certain that the guy you're going after is a communist before you start destroying their life. Uh, it's kind of like the cancel culture. You really need to be sure that what you're who you're targeting with your cancellation is indeed the person that did X, Y, and Z. But Otherwise, you're going to have situations of uh, you're, you're completely destroying someone's life when they're innocent. The, I understand that. But look what they're doing anyway on the other side of the aisle. They're destroying well, people's yeah. lives on nothing, on nothing. Yeah, but I, I, I typically side with, uh, for example, um, I would, I'm, I'm for uh, the capital punishment, uh, but I would rather someone go free that might have been guilty than to wrongfully um, put someone in prison or execute someone that's innocent. So I, I'm I, I err on the side of of uh, freedom and you know yeah. 
Number 35, discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI. Well, they didn't need to discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI. They just needed to take it over. And that's all they did. Well, they need to discredit it as well, apparently, because uh, that's all they've been doing recently is discrediting it. Yeah. Well, when you see video, actual video of FBI agents destroying ballots in the state of Georgia, when you see them shredding ballots in the state of Georgia. That's discrediting the FBI in the face of the American people. Now, the or average... fomenting protests. More fomenting protests, yeah. yeah or infiltrating protests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the average FBI agent, I'm talking about your average rank and file member out there, they're, they're pretty decent people. It's the top of these organizations that are the problem. It's just like the State Department. It's just like anything. Well, I don't know about the State Department, but I can't blame... I can't blame what happens at the State Department Excuse me. I can't blame what happens at the local embassy on the entirety of the State Department. That is run by the State Department. I can't blame the poor sap that's just working behind the window. Unfortunately, as much uh, as I'd like to, I, I'm I'm okay. So this is a bit of a gray area for me because if you're an FBI agent and you're 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 one of the low level FBI agents that were sent out there to kind of instigate a little bit, or you were a okay you were a undercover agent, that, or any of those else. kind of things. That's something else. I, I was more leaning along the lines of, and I'm I'm sure that I'll agree with you on that point. I was more leaning along the lines of somebody that gets tasked with their little notebook to go out there and investigate like a bank job or something. You know, that that's what I was talking. Okay, about. that's fair. I, I'll give you that. Yeah, that that's fair. I, I agree with that. Uh, but if you're one of the FBI agents that are out there seeing uh, the kind of corruption that's going on and you're not speaking out, um, you're part of the problem. Agreed. Number 36, infiltrate and gain control of more unions. Do you need to look at what's uh, yeah. happening on the east and west coast of the United States? Do, do you need to look at what's happening with the teachers unions? I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. Do you, do you need to look at what's happening the unions, with the hospital though. unions? Some of the unions are being good, though. Some of the unions are telling the people, don't take the jab, you know, those True. kind of things. So True. some of them are still good. But I agree with you. Uh, many of them, like the teachers unions, have been fully corrupted. Yeah. Number 37, infiltrate and gain control of big business. <laughs> that one's almost that laughable. One is a success. That yeah. one is almost laughable. Big tech, hello. <laughs> Look at how many uh, uh, businesses last year changed their social media account to have a uh, black page or a BLM or a. Oh yeah, you know. yeah, 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 for sure. All the all the corporations that went on to the uh, the you know, jumped on the the, the LGBT and the, uh, yeah. the BLM and the Antifa, all that stuff. You know, freedom fighters, rah rah rah. Yeah, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. What what is it? What, what when is uh when is the LGBT month? Is it June? I think so. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, now it's so now every it's, no, 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 no. London Mayor Sadiq Khan said LGBT month is now LGBT summer. So it's oh, okay. it's all summer yeah, now. The entire summer. Yeah. Yeah. So where 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 is the, the hetero summer? Uh, just, just out of curiosity, hetero month. Uh, I'm, I'm curious when 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 do we the the normal people when do we get because, yes, we're the normal ones. Uh, the 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 ones that are LGBT are uh, a very small fraction of the the population. At least here in the U.S., it's like 0.4 percent. So, um, yeah, I hear nothing but bigotry and support for the patriarchy. That's that's all I'm hearing. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Number thirty-eight. Transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies. Treat all behavioral problems as psychiatric disorders, which no one but psychiatrists can understand or treat. Defund the police. Mm. Defund the police. Coming to a city near you. Defund the police. You remember that after George Floyd? Defund that. We're going to replace them with 
social workers. Yeah. Yeah. What did that what, yeah. what did that creature from the city of Minneapolis say? Well, if you call 911, that's coming from a place of privilege. We're, mm. we're going to have to send around a social worker to deal with that. That's what New York is doing mm. now. They're sending social yeah. workers around to deal with problems such as domestic violence and, uh, I don't know, neighborhood shootings, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to add to that one. It's, they, they've tried this one in many different directions. And, you know, uh, as an example, they're trying to use this to take away your guns, as an example. Uh-huh. Uh, they're successfully doing it with the, um, as you stated, replacing law enforcement I, I would say successfully in the sense of they're at, they're replacing them but not successfully in the sense of it's not actually making you more secure well here here's the thing this is what this is what the communist party likes to do in their own countries they will replace the police with their own jackbooted thugs for example we're now looking at uh this this climate core these, these climate cops or, or whatever they're going to try and do that under this green new deal crap uh, and then on top of that see here here's what they like to do they when they, when they talk about uh, sending uh, people around as to treat behavioral problems. If you disagree with the people's paradise, you have a mental illness. You have a psychiatric disorder. You see, just like Bill de Blasio said the other day, well, if we're, we're going to put you on unpaid leave. Now, see, if you if you take a step back and you make that correction, then you can come back. All's forgiven. Just the same. If you don't go along with what the people's paradise is, which in this case is the jab, then you have a mental illness. Now, see, if you if you recognize the error of your ways, then you'll be welcomed back. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. All yeah, given. But it's it's not just that simple. You also have to be an evangelist for taking, as an example, the jab. You yes. have to be an evangelist of it, because if you're not that even if you took the jab, but you said, well, you know, I, I didn't want to, but I like my job. Well, you're still going to get fired. It doesn't matter because you're not an evangelist. You're not on board with the ideology. You have to believe in it. Uh-huh. It's a religion, a religion of the state. You see, all the people in Soviet Union that didn't agree with any of this, they did this as well. Exactly this. This is why this is part of their plan. They replaced their police with social agencies. Look up the Sheka. Look at what they did. Look at modern day China. Uh-huh. Look at what's going on with the social credit system. Uh-huh. Every morning they have to praise the government, praise the state. Uh, otherwise, their social credit score will go down. Uh-huh. Well, see, now that's the digital gulag. See, in former times, they would just drag you off to a physical one. Now you're in the digital gulag. Now you're just put down in an undesirable part of society. And no one will want to be around you. It's a digital Google. I still think there's going to be, I think there's still going to be a physical Google. Oh, there will still be physical. I, I still ones, yeah, think, for yeah, sure. yeah. It, 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 you're such a danger to society. You're such a threat to the community that uh-huh. we have to haul you off to the gulag to better educate you on the proper way to, to act in society. Number 39, dominate the psychiatric profession and use mental health laws as a means of gaining coercive control over those who oppose communist goals. Oh, dear. Oh, me. Let's start with COVID-19. This entire year, the, the, the entirety of almost two years now has been nothing but this. Bruce and I were watching a, a thing the other day about a woman from South Africa who took a jab. She was a healthy woman before she took it. And hell, the, the woman might as well be dead. It would be a blessing for her at this point, I think, the poor woman. And as she was complaining to all these different doctors, they were threatening her with admitting her to a mental institution because she wouldn't stop blaming the vaccine as the problem. Dominate the psychiatric profession and use mental health laws as a means of coercive control. Uh Uh-huh. 
Do you remember we actually closed the mental institutions in the United States? We closed them. We put everybody out onto the streets. We've turned the streets of America into an outpatient ward. We don't actually give people help anymore. Instead, they will then take over the new infrastructure since it's already gone. See, you're going to clamor out for a solution to this problem. But see, in the process, the people that clamor out about it, you're going to be swept away in the new structure. That's how it works. Look at how the left identifies themselves. Uh, we, we just here a couple of days ago, we had uh, Know Your Pronouns Day, you know, uh, and we had the State Department <laughs> posting a tweet saying this is why people. But, um, you know, their pronoun preferred pronouns. Um, you're taught to, um, based on your identity, your, your title is now, um, uh, as an example, I'm a, uh, cisgender male that, um, um, has social anxiety and, uh, whatever. I, I don't even know. I, 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 I don't have any kind of issues to, to, to label that. But anyway, you, you get my point. They, they pull out all the different labels and whatnot, the, the psychological disabilities or, or uh, flaws that they, they have. And that's part of their identity that, that, that fits in line with this exact thing. It, it, it's, it's causing, God, you're a racist, as an example, uh, you're a bigot, you want secure borders while well, you're a racist, you're a bigot. That, that is a psychological warfare kind of a situation. You're a bigot uh, or you're a racist. Yeah. Number 40, discredit the family as an institution. Encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Of course, divorce is as easy as signing a couple of pieces of paper and there you go. Yep, you're out of it. Encourage, encourage promiscuity. Well, if it feels good, do it. Yeah, why not do it in the road? That's the old hippie adage, isn't it? Discredit the family as an institution. Black Lives Matter. We discourage prescribed. Yeah, we discourage mm -hmm. the Western prescribed nuclear family. Uh huh. And on top of that, you have ads such as this being run on MSNBC for over a decade now of things like this. And you tell me, are they discouraging the family? Listen to this. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. Are they discrediting the family unit? Yeah. Um, to your to your uh, point about promiscuity, um, going in school, um, this was really starting to take hold when I was in uh, junior high, high school. Um, if you were not someone that wasn't um, promiscuous uh, in school, they thought you were something was wrong with you. You know, you were flawed or defective in some way. Uh, being someone of a Christian um, belief and deciding to um, uh, retain your virginity till you're married or, or something like that. That is a um, crazy idea nowadays. Uh, they will look at you sideways now. Um, it, 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 it's, it's completely inverted from, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Uh-huh. Number 41, emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. Do I need to play the clip again? I just played it. Uh, I mean, that right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Attribute prejudices, mental blocks, and retarding of children to suppressive influence of parents. You see, your parents, they're holding you back. They're, they're holding you back. See, it's not, it's not your fault 
they're keeping you from being what you should be. That's another reason the schools are indoctrinating your children is exactly that right there. Oh, you don't have to be what your parents tell you to be. You don't have to be one gender. You can choose whatever you want to be. Isn't that the same thing? I mean, brought up to the modern time, of course. Number 42, create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition, that students and special interest groups should rise up and make a united force to solve economic, political, or social problems. The summer of love. <laughs> the summer of love in, uh, in the Chaz in Seattle. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be the summer of love. Yeah. How'd that work out for you, lady? Uh-huh. Uh, create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition. Um, Chris Cuomo from CNN. Uh, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be peaceful and polite. Um, I, I seen a report here uh, today that law enforcement injuries that that uh, uh, happened in 2019 versus 2020. In 2020, it was up over 4000 injuries from law enforcement, you know, the law enforcement received up over 4,000. Why? Why? It, it was a summer of love. Why? Why? You also had people back uh, during the, the, the riots, the BLM and Antifa riots. You also had people in the mainstream media coming out and saying that, oh, protesting, that's very healthy. It's very American to come out and do this. Yeah, everything's everything that's happening. This is this is what America is about is is radical change like this. No, no, not 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 like this. Not not like that at all. And we yeah. weren't about social but then, justice. But that was for their ideology. If you came out against their ideology and you were calling them out on their BS and uh, corruption, well, you're an insurrectionist. Uh, you're Yeah, you're a counter-revolutionary. Well, yeah, they'll call you an insurrectionist now. But that's in, in Marxist talk, that's counter-revolutionary. So you have to be for the revolution. It has to be a revolution on their terms, not yours. Or you're a counter-revolutionary and you're dealt with. Number 43, overthrow all colonial governments before the native populations are ready for self-government. Huh. Afghanistan? Uh-huh. Mm. Iraq. That'll probably be next. Syria? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they had functioning governments before we came in and screwed everything up. So in a sense, uh, those countries weren't necessarily colonized, but uh, they already had functioning governments that we went in and usurped and, and basically overthrew. And now a, a more corrupt, more dangerous government is in power. Um, but also looking at colonialism. Uh, they've branded colonialism as this cre this horrible, terrible thing that that happened in our past. I mean, it, it's something that happened in, in history, and you you should look at it and see what the goods and the bads were from it. Number forty four: Internationalize the Panama Canal. Thank you, George Bush Senior. Done. Let's just give it over to the communist Chinese. Number forty five, and the final one: Repeal the Connolly Reservation so that the U.S. cannot prevent the world court from seizing jurisdiction over domestic problems. Give the world court jurisdiction over domestic problems. Give the world court jurisdiction over nations and individuals alike. That's um, the U.N. Um, and uh -huh. what the, uh, <laughs> the supporters of the U.N. want is to have a world government come in and basically rule uh, the United States and the United States government. So you would effectively be another pawn to like, like the EU, for example, you're not a sovereign nation. The EU runs everything. It's kind of the same concept they're wanting to do with the U.S. One you know, world I, government. I don't know, maybe Klaus Schwab and the, the, the kind of stuff that they're talking about wanting to do. 
Uh-huh. You know, I, I half think that this is the play they're going for now. So, you know, they're forcing all the cops out with the vaccine mandates, right? They're forcing them all out with that. So you're going to have havoc and, uh, and upheaval and crime explode in the U.S. cities. They couldn't get it with their uh, BLM and Antifa stuff. I mean, yeah, it was bad, but you didn't see a reaction to that. Now it's just going to be absolutely crazy because the city of Chicago, they're looking at what losing you know a few thousand officers, maybe, maybe the, the city of New York, you're going to lose thousands of cops up there too. Hell, the crime's out of control in New York as it is now, not to mention all these other cities. The crime's going to absolutely go through the roof. Crime, crime in the, in the Upper West Side of, of New York was up just in the Upper West Side last year was, or this year is up almost 300%. That's before they're getting rid of officers. People are getting robbed at gunpoint in the Upper West Side in broad daylight. So what can they do when they have maximum chaos in these cities? Well, these are blue cities, right? Well, they can call in the United Nations to restore peace. And if you have the repeal of the Connolly Reservation, so the U.S. cannot prevent the world court from seizing jurisdiction over domestic problems, well then, we can bring in those U.N. peacekeepers, can't we? All those blue helmets. Uh-huh. It's nice that they're a nice shade of blue like that. Makes them easier to identify. Just saying. Okay. Those are the 45 communist goals for the United States that were written into the congressional record on January 10th in 1963. And I'm now asking the same question at the end of this that I asked at the beginning of this. Do any of these hit close to home? Have they accomplished most or all of these goals, in your opinion, minus the few that were irrelevant at this point because they just got too dated? We covered each one of them. We talked about each one of them in detail. We brought it up to the modern times of how we're seeing it. Do you see any parallels? Can you agree or disagree with what we've presented here. A lot of people don't know that these things exist. But again, these were put into the record so we would be able to look at them now and recognize what was happening in our country. So I'm not going to put any fancy endings or anything like that. I'm just going to leave this one as it is. And we want to thank you for being here tonight. And we hope all of you have a great evening.